psychedelics are illegal not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Of Information is power. But we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. Welcome back to the final finale, the conclusion of the ayahuasca journey from my trip to Peru, from my wonderful experience going to drink ayahuasca in the jungle with traditional Shipibo shamans. So this, this episode is the last one that we're going to spend on my actual time spent there. Um, and thank you all for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. Thanks for all your kind messages too i'm just like overwhelmed sometimes by some of the messages i get from people um i like don't know how to respond to them i just you know look i'm just trying to do my thing and just tell it like it is and um you know just try and give an accurate depiction and talk about what i feel is is right and what needs to be talked about so thank you so much everyone really seriously thank you and um keep them coming because it feels good it really does and it gives you know it's definitely gives me the confidence to kind of move on and 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 really invest more time into this project so i just want to say before we get started before i dive into the meat of the episode as you will um i just want to say like on my way over here I was riding my bike and I don't know, I'm so addicted to my phone. I'm just always on my phone. I'm always checking notifications and news and stories and and whatever. It's a whole nother tangent. But I saw something like some guy was detained uh, bringing pot to or bringing CBD uh, heavy, like not THC pot, but it was like a non-psychoactive therapeutic medical marijuana out of Colorado to like Florida or something, or I don't even know where it was, but to help, I guess he has a daughter who has seizures and the the cops detained him. And I think this guy's in trouble now. And then I read another story, uh, about a kid in Oregon who's going to face like serious jail time for like one gram of marijuana. And it's just like, you know, we we hear we live our lives and we go about our, our days and we go to work and we, you know, we meet with our friends and we have drinks and we go out and, you know, we talk and we go online and we play video games and we watch movies and we, we do all these things that we do just every day and, you know, the sun comes up and the sun goes down and it's just, it goes on and it goes on and it goes on and it, and it goes on and we just hear these things and these stories happen and I don't know if any of you out there have experiences yourself or if you know people that have been personally affected you know i remember reading a story one time in vice about a this black guy in new orleans who's doing 13 years for possession of a couple joints things like this i mean 
all this stuff I feel like is going around in the periphery, you know, I mean, for, how do I put this? I guess people like us, I don't know, people that listen to podcasts, people that are middle class or well-to-do people. I mean, this is like, I, I just, I don't even know. I, I feel like it, it doesn't affect us in the same way. I mean, I, I know that the, the facts are out there, but it's just like, we hear these stories and yet it's just like nobody's doing anything. I mean, this is like the highest level of crime against humanity that could be committed. It's insane to me. And I, I just, I mean, I would love to do something. I, I don't know what. I, I'm doing this. This is all I know. Trying to spread the message, trying to communicate, trying to inspire people. That This is all I know how to do, really. But I mean... For people to be locked in a cage, to be kidnapped, for, for a group of, of human beings to kidnap another per, human being, throw that human being in a cage like an animal because they have a plant that they want to ingest, because they want to use their body in whichever way that they see fit. I mean, this is the focal point of this podcast. This is the focal point of my mission here. I mean, this is serious shit. You know, people are getting in trouble, big, big trouble for pot, for marijuana, for weed, for something that we all, or at least I, I could speak about myself, that I take it, I take it for granted. You know, here in New York City, I mean, there's, pot delivery services they have pictures of you know luke skywalker on the bottle and cartoon characters and everyone's really super friendly and nice and you know you can get anything delivered edibles this that whatever california you know you walk into some shop on venice beach pay 90 bucks get a green card you're good to go some doctor says go ahead you know there's all these little loopholes there's all these little things that we do and everybody you know, in the comedy community that I know, it smokes pot, and you can't even smoke pot at certain some shows. You know, you go in and you're some bar shows, you're smoking weed, and then there's people that are just getting locked in the slammer, treated like dogs. So I'm not gonna go too far on with this, but I just wanted to get that out there that let's keep in mind that there's people that are paying a severe price for wanting to for wanting to do certain things that they feel a calling to to express themselves in a certain way to relieve pain or trauma or tension or to develop some kind of way to feel like they can fit in this world or whatever it is whatever your reason is you don't even need to have a reason that's the biggest that's my my whole thing look it is fucking fantastic that we have science that we have all of these amazing things that can say hey look here are the numbers here's the stats guess how many people die from marijuana zero guess guess what you can't overdose from marijuana all these numbers all these statistics all these figures you can present that that's nice you know all this science that says well it could be good for this and you know studies have shown that marijuana is good for this all of that is great and well and we need that and we need those people out there fighting for those things but my thing my principle is 
It's your motherfucking body. It's your motherfucking mind. It's your motherfucking soul, your motherfucking spirit. You are the only authority over those things. As long as you're not causing harm to another individual, you should have the right to put into your body whatever you wish or whatever you please without any mediation, without any authority figure telling you what you can and cannot do. This is the, the, the biggest crime against humanity. This is what's keeping us down. This is what's preventing us from awakening and evolving to a higher state of consciousness and to living in a peaceful world where we can cope, not a totally peaceful t utopia because that's not going to happen, but at least a more peaceful world where we can work and cooperate together and develop new ways of healing, new modalities, and a whole new system. But this wheel, this wheel just keeps spinning. It keeps spinning and spinning and spinning. Oh, another person arrested for pot. Oh, how come they don't? Oh, why don't they pass a law? I don't know. Oh, you know, da, 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 da. Everybody makes it out like it's some big fucking mystery. Everybody makes it out like in, in politics. Everybody makes it out like it's like, well, you know, we're, we're trying to get some legislation through. If we can just get the legislation through, you see, we got to fuck the legislation. Someone needs to go in there and just be like, look. Attention all authority figures in the land of the America of the United States. <laughs> Attention everyone. Pot, marijuana, cannabis sativa is now legal. Fully decriminalized and nationally legal. I mean, that, that is what needs to happen. Just pick up the phone Make the call. Just do it. It's easy as that. You know, President Barack Obama, I tweeted this the other day, President Barack Obama, this fucking false hero that everybody thinks is such a goody two-shoes and a do-gooder because he's got the, the slickest oration skills on the planet, aside from Bill Clinton, probably better than Bill Clinton, he is a fucking wolf in sheep's clothing, people. Wake up. He's passed 235 executive orders. An executive order, he's, pu he's pushed through the most amount of dictatorial legislation in America. You don't believe me? Google it. Look it up. President Barack Obama has done, has, has done more harm than almost any other president. I mean, it's debatable, but he's done a lot of bad shit. He's extended the wars. He hasn't closed down Guantanamo Bay. He's created and extended a drone program. He's killed over 4,000 civilians in foreign lands. He's bombed, you know, he, not him himself, but he's given the order, and this has happened under his watch. So this guy is not a good guy, okay? You, you can't be a good person and be the president of the United States. You just can't. It's not possible. So what I'm saying here is he's passed 235 executive orders. What, what have those executive orders done? Most of them are for things like the TPP and, you know, all, all, you know, ancillary components to push other kinds of legislation through and, you know, uh, authority to, you know, 
to do certain things overseas and whatnot. What what of those? What like you know the Affordable Care Act, the pieces and the components that go along with making that a possibility. But what? Why? <laughs> I mean, I we I know why, but it's time that we say to Barack Obama, look, President Obama, your term is running up. You passed 235 executive orders. Okay, you want to pass an executive order that is going to mean something? Decriminalize marijuana. Drop it off of the schedule list. Fully decriminalize it. Full legalization on a federal level. He won't do it. It won't happen. It won't happen. Because that's this is the name of the game. The legality is not morality. It's all about people in positions of power, staying in power, having control, and get, getting the money that comes out of making certain things legal and illegal. And what does that mean? Basically, it just means a group of people who determine how much force they're going to use on another subset of the population, the citizens. That's how the few rule the many, by keeping them afraid, by bullying them. We're, we're ruled by a bunch of bullies. Anyway, that's, that's my rant. It's just ridiculous that we live in an age where we can, there are all these potentials for healing, for therapeutic and holistic purposes, and just for goddamn fun. And just because who the hell cares and you just want to do it anyway. You, you have the right. It's your body. It's your choice. It's your mind. It's your choice. It's your soul. It's your spirit. It's your choice. No one should be able to tell you what you can put in your body, what you can consume, what, can you, can, what you can smoke, what you can eat. I've I've listed this off on you know Twitter a bunch of times. The leading cause of death in this country is, <laughs> I mean, it's laughable. It's laughable. Cardiac arrest and heart disease and diabetes and all these things and you know alcohol and motor vehicle accidents and firearms and all this stuff. I mean, marijuana is not marijuana zero. It's zero. It's it's one of the safest things for you. It's it's so safe. It's actually beneficial. Okay. All right. Okay, enough. Let's get into the episode before we run out of time. That's my rant. Cognitive liberty, cognitive freedom. That's what this is all about. You know, I don't care. I don't care about anything. I don't care about the Ben. I don't care if, you know, the, people ask me this sometimes. They say, well, what, do you feel the same way about all drugs? Yeah, I do. I'll tell you what, it's my goddamn right if I want to drink heroin out of a fire hose. It's my right. <laughs> it's my right. I know it's not good for me. I know it's bad. If I, if I want to do 17 kilos of cocaine and sniff them up my dick hole, <laughs> I'm going to do it because I want to because it's my body and I get to decide what I put in it, not you. Okay, 15 minutes in almost. I can't take it, though. It's just crazy. I mean, people are getting locked up. People are getting thrown in cages. People are getting treated like animals because, of, because they want to uh, you know, do certain things. I mean, why, why don't we lock people up for eating cheeseburgers? All right. We can go into this on a later episode. Let's just, let's just jump right in. Okay. So where we last left off. <laughs> where we last le- left off. Whew. I had just such a profound experience, and now we're going into the ceremony number three. And ceremony number three, you know, 
sermon number three, I, I really don't have a ton to talk about. I'm just going to tell you that at the end of ceremony two, I, I, I was dealing with all of these things. These, as as in the earlier episode, I was, you know, turned into the blue coyote and I dealt with a lot of anger issues, and I had all these revelations and all this stuff came through. And then the next day I shared with the group and we kind of worked through it and I kind of talked to the facilitators and thought, what would be a good intention, you know? And I came up with, I came up with, um, I, I, I feel like maybe it was like, how do I channel my anger or something like that? I, I, I forget exactly what the intention was, but I remember the intention changed during ceremony. So ceremony three, I'm sitting there and I just like, it, it just, it, it, my body started kind of like moving in, in, in like weird ways. And I was really dealing with like a lot of things. Like it was like, it would be, it would be like, okay, here's, here's like a really blissful, positive, amazing, trippy, cool, psychedelic vision and just like play with that for a while. Just enjoy that. Just like have fun, you know, flying through like this cool, colorful, kaleidoscopic uh, landscape and just feeling euphoric. And I kind of was moving and in, in this kind of rhythmic pattern and the whole time the the, the Icaros uh, is, is, is playing, is, is being sung by the shamans and I just feel really good and then it would switch and it would go into something that like was challenging and I had to kind of deal with that and I would get angry I would get fed up and I would be like you know this is all during ceremony so but for the most part the night was very blissful very peaceful very euphoric very satisfying and also you know very profound I, I, I remember just being really really ecstatic um, after that, and I had, I had like this, this thought, I remember the next day when we were sharing after ceremony three, I had such a blissful, beautiful time that I, th I had this thought about like, you know, all throughout history, there's always been these figures, these figures that have, that have come and they, and they've said, you know, let us be, let us be peaceful let us unite like you know we are all god's children so you know the jesus figure would say and you know the buddha figure would would preach it in, in his in his way and and i thought like you know uh, i thought specifically about jesus i was like man they, this guy got killed like for what <laughs> you know like i mean all the story i'm not religious but all the stories i've heard it's like if he's telling people that like I am the son of God and so are you and all these things. And people are afraid of that. I mean, you know, just think about back to like during those times, people were afraid of, of those things and those kinds of ideas. And, you know, to this day, I mean, people still kind of are, I mean, if you went up to someone and you said, hello, I am God. And so are you, <laughs> I mean, they're going to be like, okay, crazy, you know, but in those times they would kill you for it. Heresy, you know? Uh, Giordano Bruno, um, famous scientist, was burned at the stake for, I think it was for stating that uh, the earth is not the center of the universe, that it's actually the sun that is that we revolve around the sun. They burned him alive. They burned him. So I'm thinking like, 
what is the deal with all these kind of figures that are just like popping up throughout history and, and talking about like these important ideas and, and being kind of punished for it. I was like, that's kind of scary. So I, I started to think like there's a delicacy. You, you, you need to have a delicacy. And that's when it just popped in my head. Ceremony three, the, the intent, my intention for ceremony three became, well, teach me. Cause all the intentions were always show me or teach me. That's what we were trained to do. We were told that's the best way to communicate with ayahuasca. And it was, it really was. I felt like I was in the best class I've ever had in my life. You know, 30 years of therapy in one night, they say, I mean, it's totally true. So I would say, okay, so show me, you know, teach me. How do I balance this? How do I deal with things in my life that are, that get me really kind of frustrated? And I, you know, and then I talked to one of the facilitators and she said, yeah, you know, you gotta, you gotta invite people in. You gotta set up a campfire. A campfire is warm and inviting. People want to come. They want to sit down next to you. They want to talk. You invite them in. You ask them questions. You don't go around like that guy on Venice, Venice Beach Boardwalk who's dressed up like Jesus riding a bicycle with a boombox and a megaphone screaming the, the end is near, you know, the word of the Lord or whatever. I mean, that, that's a turnoff. People are turned off by that. So my intention became clear. It became teach me how to dance. Teach me balance. Teach me how to, to have balance, you know. Teach me how to use my power, not abuse my power. Teach me how to channel my power. And this kind of set the tone for the whole, the rest of the ceremony. Ceremony three really did, you know. It, it really brought everything in, you know, it, it brought everything out of me. And it made me look at it. And it made me feel it, and it made me examine it. And I had the last previous two ceremonies to to take um, from, and I and and all these you know these ideas, these words, these messages, these visions would just pop into my head. You know, be the change I wish to see in the world. Live it, do it, be it. That came. I think I might have talked about you know Ron Paul came again. Nothing can stop an idea whose time has come. Nothing can stop an idea whose time has come. And that really resonated with me because it's just so true. You know, after ceremony three, I thought this is it. The, the, the most popular, the most trendy, the most hip, the most always in style idea is peace and freedom and liberty cognitive freedom cognitive liberty freedom individual freedom like mel gibson screaming at the end of braveheart getting his intestines picked out i mean that is how i mean that is like that is it that's the idea that we are all one that we're all human beings that we're all inhabiting this earth together that we're all made up of stardust, you know, that we all want to dance 
we all want to express ourselves. I had this this vision of, and, and these visions are, are like, you know, and if you've ever done psychedelics, you, you'll understand, like, it's not just seeing something. You know, people that don't do psychedelics think you just see things. It's more of just like you're there. Like, you, you're not just seeing it, but you're experiencing it. I'm experiencing the full range of emotions of the vision. You know, I'm getting euphoric feeling, all these feelings. I'm in an, an alternate universe almost, you know? You're, you're like, you're walking in another dimension. And uh, I, I, I just had this, like, this vision of, like, there's, it's all black. And there's just, like, some people moving around. Like, kind of almost like, uh, you guys ever do that thing where you, it's like a parachute, and you get together and you shake it or whatever. I don't even know what I'm talking about. It's like, I don't know, something I did in, like, elementary school or whatever. You're, like, shaking a parachute or maybe I went to a weird school, but whatever. But it's like everybody's doing this, like you, like doing the wave, like at a sports game, like doing the wave. So there's like a bunch of people just in this black space doing the wave, and they're all doing the wave. And when they're waving, all this like cool fucking like color comes out, and everybody has like a unique color, and everybody's like super jazzed up and happy. Everybody's like, yeah, man, fucking do it, man. And I just got there. I just showed up, and they're like, come on, come like be a part of us, like do the wave. Come on, like get in here, you know, let's do it. Like do it. Let's see what you got, you know, and that's the, that's the whole thing about this. This is why this is so important. Show me how to dance the ceremony. Like, I mean, ayahuasca, the way it comes on, the way it's come on for me is it, it gives you like a little dance. It dances to you. It, it flirts with you. That's the feminine aspect of it. It's like a, Hey, like, look at me. Okay. You want to, I'll show you some stuff, but are you ready? I don't know. How about this? What do you think? All right. Well, maybe who take that. Oh, that's a lot. Oh, give a little bit back. You know, it, it dances with you. It shows you, it creates and shows you like, look at what I can do. How about this? What do you think about that? And that's what this vision was have. Everybody has their own unique color and their own unique energy and sound and vibration in this vision and and they're just they're just waving like they're just together like you know like those um those car like used car salesman uh floaty things that like you blow them up and they wave like all wacky like kind of like that but like real you know people and they're all just like yeah man and they're getting like really excited because i'm participating i'm waving and i'm like coming up with these cool colors and they're like whoa like we never saw that before and i'm looking at them and i'm going whoa i never saw that before and they're just like it was so mind-blowing it's like yeah like yeah like i get i get it (laughs) i got i get it now like this is what it's all about it's the dance it's the delicate dance it's there's a you can have you can be strong you can have power you can feed into your ego all you want you can crush things you can smash things like i talked about in last episode you're only going to hurt yourself you're only going to make things worse but if you harness that power, man, that's some strong shit. Some powerful and profound stuff. And I and I and then I got a vision of like, you know, kind of like um, but that back to the coyote, like the coyote became kind of like a, you know, like a Native American Indian like chief, kind of like you know, very strong, powerful, but wise, you know. And Aubrey Marcus talks about this. 
in his podcast and his podcast used to be called the warrior poet. And that's the message that I got this, this balance, this dance, the, the warrior poet, you know, the, the, the dance, the balance, the strength, the finesse. So then I was thinking like, okay, well, this is all well and good, but how do I like avoid violence? You know, I mean, how do I really turn people on? How do I really give them the real message? You know, how do I fucking show them what I, what I saw? Cause I'm about to see some crazy shit coming up in ceremony four and five. We're going right into it right now. So I'm like, you know, just as I'm about to ask this ceremony three, I'm still going to, I'm closing up with ceremony three. I'm, I'm thinking, all right, how do I do this? You know? And then I'm like, all right, well, you know, if, if, if I'm trying to be a figure that, you know, if, if, if the message is peace, if the message is unity, if the message is nonviolence, if we are all God, if we are all energy, if we are all one and unified and connected, if this, if this relentless, undeniable feeling and vision is true, you know, I mean, a lot of people say this that have profound spiritual experiences under psychedelics or not, you know, achieving Buddha consciousness, they say, you know. If it is true, if this is true, which I'm leaning towards that, of course, like it feels like to me that it is, you know. How do you go about communicating this to the rest of the population in a way that is accessible to them and in a way that's not as a not abrasive to the power structures that will get you in trouble you know because you want to like you know you want you want to be able to stay around to continue the game and then i thought well you know I thought about, back about Jesus again. I was like, well, he, he tried to communicate this message of peace and unity and, and all this stuff, and they crucified and killed this guy. Well, he didn't die. You know, I mean, that's the story you hear in the, in the books, and, and it's a beautiful story. I mean, it really is. The, the mythology of it and the story aspect of it, it's a great story, the metaphors and, and everything. I mean, you can't, you can't take it literally, but... Just the way that, you know, he rose from the dead. He came back to life, which is true. Nothing can stop an idea whose time has come. Jesus, the idea. Buddha, the idea. Joseph Campbell talks about this in The Hero of a Thousand Faces and The Power of Myth. All of these cultures, all of these stories, because, you know, really, I mean, we're just plugged into a couple here in the Western Hemisphere. But if you travel around the world, there's always this figure, this Jesus Buddha figure at the center, the hero, the hero. You know, the Luke Skywalker, you know, the, the new, the, the, the ray, whoever, you know, the ray of light. The, the hero never dies. The hero never dies. You can, you can kill the man. You can take away his physical body. You can kill that individual. But that person will come again. 
always, forever. And I think that this relates to something that I was talking about last episode when I was talking about the split, the division, the energy, the white light energy and the red energy. The red energy smashing its and bashing and destroying the white light energy and the white light energy defending itself. You know, maybe if life is a game, you know, don't look at it as like a video game, right? Like, don't look at it as we, we've been looking at it this way, right? We've been looking at it like it's like Grand Theft Auto. You just run around, shoot and kill people. And just, you know, the, the, the way to win is just domination, you know, dom- destroy, dominate, own, control. As Terrence McKenna likes to say, the dominator culture, you know. But maybe the point of the game is not to do that. Maybe the point of the game, maybe it's harder to unify peacefully, voluntarily. Maybe we all just want to get back to being that white light energy. We're split, you know. We had an ugly divorce. What can I say? <laughs> because I think that's really what we all are. So that was profound. So then I went into ceremony four and ceremony four was great. And it's, it wasn't great because it was a blissful, euphoric, joyous experience. It wasn't at all. It was actually a terrible, horrible, challenging nightmare of an experience. And some of you are probably thinking, like, well, what's great about that? Well, what's great about that is I learned a lot. I really learned a lot. Like, I sometimes have this attitude of, like, why do I have to explain myself to people? You know? Why do I have to, like, communicate this what you know it it just seems like it's easy to understand i get kind of frustrated sometimes but it's i i shouldn't because it's not fair it's not fair because i was once someone like that i was once not you know i was younger and i was immature and i was less knowledgeable and i had more blocks and barriers and more of a calcified pineal gland if you want to you know get into the whole thing but so ceremony four. I remember in the beginning of the ceremony, my the fr- I think this happened maybe in other ceremonies too, but I'm just remembering it now. Like my hands were just compelled to the center of my head, like where, like in between my eyes, where like the third eye would be, and I was just rubbed like. A, 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 you know, like I had no control over what was happening. It just they just magnified there, and I was rubbing on that area. And the shamans would come by and hey, and they would kind of be rubbing that part of me, the third eye area, and sprinkling the flower water on me, and and doing their their healing, their ikoros, beautiful ikoros. I mean, so much of this healing and so much of this experience was due to these five uh, shamans, the maestros and the maestras. They were such beautiful, warm, loving, caring people. And they really, you know, healed me and got the demons out of me and, and put good things in me, gave me good energy. And their, and their ikaros, their songs were just so beautiful. And so, and when they came to sit in front of you, 
there was a powerful energy, a powerful presence. You could feel it. It was like, whoa, like there's a spiritual doctor here is what they, they are. So I remember ceremony four started, I, I think I might have drank, in a, drank a, a bigger glass. I'm not sure. I think I, yeah, I think, I think ceremony three, I had, I had the large glass, but there, it wasn't like right up to the brim. It was like pretty much up to the brim. There was like maybe a millimeter. So this time they like poured me one that was almost like overflowing. So I was like, all right, cool. Slugged it down. I was like, I want to go deeper. I'll drink. What would happen if I just drank that whole liter? Like, can I do that? You know, I just want to go deep as as deep as possible. So ceremony four, I start to. Oh, before I arrived in the Maloka that night, I remember there's usually yoga going on, and I decided not to participate in the yoga. Sometimes you're just in the Maloka for too long, you know, so I wanted to, I just was outside. I was sitting on the benches where we dry off for the flower baths, and the stars were out that night, and it was nice. It was like, wow, this is a good night. Like, the stars are out. So I just took it in. I mean, I'm in the jungle. I'm in the Amazon. Like, I, I don't need to be in this... Maloka all night. I'll sit out here until it's about ceremony time. So I sat out there, soaked it all in. It was beautiful. You know, I loved being out there. And then when I arrived in the Maloka, everybody was walking around. I was like, what the hell is going on? There was a bunch of ants, like red fire ants or just these big ants. And they were like carrying these egg sacks. They were, I think they were, uh, I don't know, they were falling from the top of the Maloka or something like they were just all over the place and people were trying to kill them. It had rained earlier that day. And so I guess maybe the rain brought them out. Now it wasn't raining, but there were just ants everywhere. So I'm like, oh, all right, everyone's walking around killing ants. Okay. This is weird. So whatever, they managed to kind of kill the ants and get it over with. And then we, the ceremony started to begin like normal Went up, drank, sat back down, same kind of thing, everyone in a circle. Then they take the lanterns out, it's completely dark. Waiting, sitting there, waiting, waiting. Then, after the last person drinks and they go to sit down, the lanterns are all taken out, it's dark, we're ready to go. Thunder, lightning, rain. just explosive whoa here we go buckle your seatbelts tonight is about to be intense I could feel it then about two minutes later someone starts crying like big time man just the sound of the uh, uh, the sobbing and the the rain hitting the top of the Maloka, the thunder, the crashing lightning, the, the, the flashes of light that you could see in the, in the small windows of the Maloka around in the circular pattern. Whew, man, it was intense. Wow, what a fucking whoa. I was like, all right, get ready for a roller coaster, amigo. Here we go. This is going to be, and it was. All of a sudden, I started, my stomach was turning. I was like, oh, boy, I knew it. I, I haven't puked. Uh, this is the night. I'm going to spew. I'm going to totally spew. This is it. Here it comes. Didn't happen. But 
I was, my stomach was turning and I just felt, oh God, this is just awful. And the psychedelic visions, the dance that ayahuasca was doing just kicked in so fucking hard. And it was like, and it was just incredible psychedelic patterns, kaleidoscope, kaleidoscope, like visions, just crazy, uh, deep, immersive stuff. And the combination of that with the lightning and the thunder, and then the shaman starts singing and the crying, and the just wow unbelievable absolutely unbe- it was so overwhelming I, I i felt like i wanted to rip my skin off you know it was just whew, it was intense it was like a psychedelic jackhammer to the skull to the whole body my whole body was ceremony four was a body night it was like i it was just like hey ceremony four the lesson from ceremony four was hey you can contemplate all this wonderful things you can have these visions you can think about you know the blissful buddha and the jesus figure and the message of unity and the cosmos and how we relate to it and all that stuff but hey guess what fuck face you're in this body right now so you are in this mess of a meat sack this gastrointestinal burping smelling stinking rotting hairy just goopy, sweaty, smelly skin bag with with bones in it. This is what you are. Deal with it. Man, that was crazy. So the whole night was just, you know, like, I, I guess maybe because we were killing the ants before, I had to, I, I felt like I, I was a bug. I, this night, Ceremony 4, I went from a bug to like a star like that was the whole it was like i lived a thousand years it felt like i lived a thousand years being just nothing being like i like as soon as the ayahuasca kicked in and the shamans were started singing and the lightning and all this stuff it just it felt so overwhelming i just i felt like this I just became this like disgusting, creepy, crawly, smelly, oozing, pussy bug, gelatinous, gooey sack of of bug insect goop. Ugh. And there was it was muddy, and there was I was crawling in the mud, and it just it was it was frightening. It was terrifying. It was awful. It was just horrible. Just absolutely horrible. But a part of me was just like, okay feel what this feels like fully embrace like this is what's happening now that 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 is that was the message of ceremony four you know so often we would have these experiences and then we would go into uh circles and we would share the next day and people would say well this was happening but i i really didn't want it to happen and i was really scared and you know this started happening and then i i really just i didn't want this to happen so you know i, I was crying and then I, I felt like i wanted to purge and you know that all these emotions which are valid and which are true and and which i sympathize for of course and they'll get to hopefully they can get to this level of understanding but to me it was like this is what's happening right now what you are experiencing right now this uncomfortable bug this sticky muddy gooey disgusting putrid horrific situation this hell this nightmare situation this 
is the experience. There is nothing else to be experienced at this time. Life is happening now. This is the moment. Life does not exist anywhere else but now. And I've always intelligently and intellectually understood that. You know, I'm a big fan of Alan Watts. And, but I've, this is the, now I emotionally understand it. I have the, the feeling and the emotion and the vision to go along with it. So people are always saying, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening? Forget about the happening to me part. Think about the is. Why is? Why is? Is the most mind-blowing question I, I feel like I could ask. Forget about why is this happening to me? Why is my life like this? Why is this like this? Why am I? Why is? Why am I, you know, not in the place I want to be in my career? No, forget about the latter half of that sentence. Forget about it. Think about the first part of that. Why am I? Why is? Why am I? It's unbelievable. I mean, I experienced that. And, and the whole night was just horrific. It was just absolutely I had and I had an image of me being stabbed to death uh, over like a million times, just people carving my insides out with knives and, and, and axes and, and blades and just ripping my, my, my skin to shreds, you know, tearing it off and the bone being exposed. Like, I had, I had, I pictured myself dying. I, I was a bug. I was like a, a reptile. I became like a frog. I, I, and then I was like stepped on and crushed. And all of this unpleasantness, all of this disgustingness, all of this horrific stuff. I mean, you could, you could cry. You could scream. You can try and run away. You can resist it. You can fight it. You can, you know, you can, you can try and wish that it wasn't happening to I wish this wasn't happening to me you know forget about the happening to me and the wishing this wasn't think about just the idea the ability that you're able to say those words it's I mean it's almost cliche at this point but it's like this is fucking it like this is the this is the this is the deck that we got dealt this is the experience that we're in this is it you either make the best of it or you don't. You know, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. Excellent book. Guy's in a concentration camp. Watches his family get killed. He somehow finds meaning in that existence. You can have the most terrible, horrific, awful shit happen to you. But if that's the only thing that's happening at that current time, that is your world. That is your life. And then I had this like, I don't know what, thought about the word is like we are is you know when i was talking about like why is this happening to me like focus on that is part the is is us we are is is this is is everything here right now is why i don't know but it is And I kind of had this feeling of like, well, the I is kind of masculine and strong and powerful and the S is kind of feminine and 
fluid and kind of it dances and it's like wow that combination that like yin yang is like that's what it is that's that show me how to dance that's that balance that's that you know that that kind of be here now mentality that duality that creative destruction you know that the cycle of life you know it's like the the serpent that's eating its tail like it's just that it just that's what it is it makes so much sense that is and then i had this weird thought about like wow that's such a powerful word is uh, and then i was like is is oh isis is is that's what that is huh wait a second hmm i was like what if that word was being used intentionally to like scare people you know like they could have had they could have chosen any word i mean why isis it's so long and complicated i know it means you know the islamic state whatever the fuck but is is <laughs> it's like whoa that's like scary you know that's i don't know i maybe that doesn't make sense i i was just thinking like it's such a powerful word it could be used it can empower us it could be used for good and, you know maybe it's being used to uh, turn it against us like to use fear and shame and guilt to, to kind of control us away from the moment away from the present away from what is don't look at what is you don't want to have anything to do with what is and is is it's like a double double don't want anything to do be scared be afraid of the is be be terrified of the moment always be on the rat wheel looking for the the what ifs the only ifs the if i get this if i get that why is my life like this if i can get it to be like this it'll be like that that's maybe the cultural engineers want it to be that way you know maybe they want us to be always thinking about the future and then always dwelling on the past so we're never living in the moment we're never in the is so we're not really present we're not here we're not awake I don't know. Or maybe I do. But I kept thinking like everything that we came here for, you know, in this experience that I that I had in Ceremony 4 and we're sharing and I'm listening to everybody else. I was like all the terrible experience. It seemed like everyone had a terrible experience that night. But it was like everything that we came here for is everything right now. This experience that I'm going through, this horrible, terrible experience of being stabbed and being a bug and all this stuff, this is what I this is why I came here. This is why I came here. Everything that I came here for is everything that there is right now. And that's only that's all that there is. So, you know. Uh, it's just that's what and you know humans we complain we always complain why and this and that and blah 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 because we have such powerful minds that we need to we're not using our powerful minds we're not using our powerful minds for for actually what we what satiates us what we what we need to be in nature to be harmonious beings to be peaceful loving voluntary uh you know people we're 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 going again we're being we're being pushed through the meat grinder of the machine that is the culture that we live in. 
it's it's pushing us against the grain and the sad thing is that humans are very adaptable that's one of our strengths is that we can adapt to changing circumstances very well that's what's kept us alive that's what's made us survive i don't want to adapt into this shitty machine world i know we are, we, we can adapt to it but i don't want to I want to be I want to feel my being and my 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 creatureliness, my humanness. I want to experience my finite mortality and my and contemplate and explore and and experience also the infinite as well. So that was it. You know, Ceremony 4 was just a body experience, just a gurgling, bubbling, sweaty, stinky, smelly, farting, burping, decaying, pooping, spitting, just mess, sweating, just ugh. But by the end of the night, I wound up like like kind of evolving. Like I said, it felt like I lived like a thousand lifetimes. And then I went through all of these existence, you know, and I was thinking like, as a human, I'm like analyzing this and I'm using my powerful human brain and I'm like, oh, okay, this happened because of this or that, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, wow, like a tree doesn't like complain, like a tree doesn't say like, oh, I, I wish the sun was hitting me in more of a direct light or, oh, I wish there was a little bit more like, oh, why is my, why am I a tree? You know, <laughs> like, a, you know, as far as we know, a bear isn't like, oh, why am I a bear? Oh, I just don't feel like it today. Oh, I'm not in the mood. Oh, I have erectile dysfunction. <laughs> I'm depressed. No, it just fucking, it's just a bear. It just, it just lives its life. It does what it, nat- like, I'm doing this thing right now, the Wim Hof breathing method. This guy's incredible. Google him. Wim, Wim Hof, W-I-M-H-O-F. His, his big thing is, he's called the Iceman. He said he learned his techniques in hard nature, cold, hard nature. No one taught him his techniques. He didn't study to learn this stuff. He learned it by going out into the cold and being in nature, and the cold is his, is his teacher, he says. But he says, feeling is understanding. There's a science to back it up. We can get into that. But right now, go with your gut. Go with your intuition. Learn from nature. Feeling is understanding. And we, we humans, we, we need to do that more. Unfortunately, we live in a world that doesn't really cater to that way of life. We live in this kind of zoo, you know. And that's a lot of the reason why that we are sick and we have sicknesses. We have mental illnesses and we have physical ailments and illness and illnesses is because this is not the way that it's supposed to be. You know, we think that we're at the pinnacle of, of creation that we're, that we got it all figured out. You know, that's, that's, that's what science thinks. Science thinks, Oh, you know, we got 90% of the world figure out. We're just trying to like, you know, figure out like the 10% of like, you know, fucking quantum shit that we don't understand or whatever, you know, nah, <laughs> nobody fucking knows. Everybody's just pretending are coming up with the best guess, guesses that they can. And ego is get, gets in the way of all this. So, 
that was what I learned from from ceremony four, and I, 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 you know, I shared the next day, and I just felt so like relieved. I was like, yeah, ayahuasca, you know, you know what I need. You are intelligent. Wow, you you unfold in this. It's just like the timing and the intelligence of ayahuasca is unbelievable like you know we kept hearing like ayahuasca shows you what you need to know you know ayahuasca delivers to you the message that you're ready for only when you're ready for it you know we kept hearing these things and i kept you know yeah, of course I, I come from this western world this new york city I, i'm going okay yeah even when i've had these profound experiences even when i've seen the spirit world even when i've felt the demons being sucked out of my skull and whatnot i still was like Okay, yeah, all right. No, it's... When they say that, they mean it. Like, ayahuasca does not fuck around. It is... It doesn't make mistakes. It's like the most elegant, beautiful technology ever. It's insane. And I remember on an LSD trip in 2012, looking at a tree for, like, hours and thinking, wow, a tree is like... Forget about the iPad the technology that this tree is is incredible it's just a different kind of technology you know we we think that technology is just this like these plastic you know square you know metal metallic you know electric electric uh, things but it, technology is is it runs on electricity we run on electricity we are energy technology is energy these these gadgets and gizmos uh, this is uh, an experience that we have manifested out of our own minds to create to produce the materials necessary to to have a uh, you know this thing in front of us that we call technology but it, there's technology in nature there's technology everywhere and and we we put these labels on things and we say this is this and this is that no a tree is fantastic technology unbelievable technology mycelium mushrooms nature's internet i mean that is but the internet before the internet go look it up google mycelium mushrooms so I just, you know, I just really, I, I experienced life, birth, and death of bugs and frogs. I, I became bugs and frogs. I, I became mud and dirt. I, I got ripped to pieces. I died. I, I, I was born again. And it, it wasn't fun to go through what I went through. But it's just like the earth. I mean, the earth itself is... It has rainy days. It has snowy days. It has cold places. It has hot places. It has sunny days. That is what we are as well. I mean, we are the finite and the infinite. We are I and we are S. We are is. <laughs> we are is. We is. We is all right. But we are both of those things. We are creative destruction. We are duality. We're black and white. We're be That's the dance that I was looking for. And I got it. I got it. And I, I just, I, I mean, this was such a profound night. You know, in, in so many ways, uh, Ceremony 4 and 5 were both extremely profound nights, but just in, in different ways. It, you know, it was it just, un, I'm just blown away, absolutely just blown away by the lessons, by the knowledge, that I, the, the visions and everything that I learned. You know, and, and, and just completely, like, you know, they kept saying, ayahuasca is different every time you do it. 
And man, that was right too. I mean, this thing does not mess around. This is smart, intelligent, elegant technology. It is unbelievable. And I just kept, you know, the, this whole thing that I kept talking about with the is, and, you know, I kept thinking, I, I, what's the I? I, I is to see, to imagine. That's the, the finite. We can only see our vision only goes so far. That's the I part of the is. I, I can see, I can imagine the finite. S, the infinite, the, the S, the swirling S, the serpentine S, the feminine S. That's the dance. That's the infinite. It's the tongue. That's the tongue can makes the S. That's the, the mouth. It's responsible for communication and feeling. I don't even know. I didn't even look any of this stuff up. I mean, maybe, maybe this is written about somewhere. I, I have no idea. But, I mean, this is what I felt, you know, the moment living in the moment, what happens to you, you know, you keep seeking more and more and then, and then what, you know, you, you keep wanting something else, something different, something that's not you, something that's something to change. You know, you're not comfortable. You're, you're, you, you need your, your you got to switch sheet, uh, seats or you got to breathe a different way or you got to wear different clothes or whatever it is. The, this we keep searching for something else. But it, it defeats the lesson of experience. You must inhabit both, give and take, finite and infinite. Be both at the same time. Recognize, experience, accept the challenges. The experience is the purpose. You can only get the lesson from the experience. You know, I, I was thinking like the experience of... of a caterpillar turning into a butterfly it must be like terrible. I mean, it must be great after, but does the caterpillar know that it, what's going to happen? Does it know that it's going to be a butterfly or is it just something that it instinctually does when it becomes a butterfly? Does it remember that it was a caterpillar? I don't know. I, I don't know where that went, but I was, it was just a thought like, it's just, it's really amazing the way that nature unfolds. You know, everything does happen for a reason. And as Ram Dass would say, it's all grace. It's all grace. There's no lasting peace. There's no lasting divinity. There's no like, you know, to be like a yogi or whatever, to be one with everything, to sit on a mountaintop and, and meditate all day to, to, to channel the divine. I mean, great. But what are you accomplishing? What are you getting done? What are you doing for, for others? I, I mean, are you just going to live your life, you know, doing that? Are you just going to try and exist as a spiritual being in a physical body? Or are you going to take your... Your, your spirit and channel it through your physical body. I think that's what we have to do. You know? And in the previous podcast, I talked about how my, my parents and my upbringing and how I was raised and how I'm kind of like a, you know, fire and ice. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I am a split down the middle between both of my, you know, inhabit both of their personalities fully in one, in myself. So it's all, I mean, you just, we have to channel that. 
We have to learn how to live in these bodies, to deal with these limitations, to experience the now, but also be able to have access to the infinite. And that reminds me, I mean, you got to go check out this book, Finite and Infinite Games by James P. Carse. I read it, I read it about two years ago, mind blowing book. And I got some of these concepts from there, but the experience that I had, um, really reinforced those ideas because I, I felt them. It wasn't just intellectual. I felt them. So I, I was feeling like, well, nothing can top this. I mean, I, I'm ready to, I'm ready. Like I got everything I need. I learned the lessons I came here to, to learn. I experienced the bliss, the joy, the cosmos. I experienced the highs, the lows. I experienced the birth, the death. I, I experienced all the stuff that I wanted to experience. And I was like, man, I am good. Like I'm psyched. I'm like one more ceremony and then a couple more days here. And then I'm going back home. I can't believe this. What a wonderful experience. You know, everybody's talking and sharing and communicating and and some people are like scared like oh well what if you know what if a ceremony five the last ceremony just opens up a big can of worms and you know we're, we have to go back you know to our home with with this new baggage opened up and you know i'm sitting there thinking well if that's what happens that's what happens i mean that that the, this whole thing that i talked about like this is what it is like this is the experience like you get what you need like this is it So not to be frustrated with people, but it's like, look, you know, if it opens up a can of worms, it opens up a can of worms. You need it was waiting to open up that can. You needed that can. And I, I just thought like, nah, no can's gonna be open for me. I'm gonna be fine, you know. Like I I got what I needed, I learned what I, I needed to learn, I asked the questions that I was here for, you know, I came here for a reason, and I feel like I dealt with a lot of the issues that I wanted to to get dealt with and my anger, my depression, my ADD. And I feel like I'm really under control and ready to go back. And I feel great. And I'm like, what, what else could possibly, I'm just thinking, well, ceremony five will just be a nice blissful experience probably. Right. <laughs> Wrong. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, but nothing could have prepared. Nothing could have prepared me for what was about to happen. Ceremony five. Do a large glass. Keep it up. Go deep. That's the message. I want to keep going deep. I think some people might have backed down a little bit, you know, because maybe they were afraid or whatever, and that's totally fine. But I'm like, okay, you know, let's let's go deeper. What do you get? Show me what you got. What are you What are you waiting to show me? You know, you like we said, they've been telling us ayahuasca knows. Ayahuasca knows how to deliver you this information. Ayahuasca knows when, what visions to give you. It knows that you're doing five ceremonies. It's, I mean, I don't know how it knows, but it knows. I mean, maybe it's making commission off of a, <laughs> the temple, but it knows. And it's fucking right. It's so true because I'm thinking, well, I remember going up to Dr. Tanya Mate while we were lined up in the morning for our plant remedies. And um, I said to her, yeah, I just, I feel like I really got the message of, of why, you know, what, what I needed to learn and why I came here. And I just really can't think of an intention for ceremony five. I mean, I guess my intention would be 
how to come, you know, how to deal with all this stuff that I learned, you know, I mean, I, in my first ceremony, when I opened up to the group, I, I talked about how I was looking for some, some kind of meaning and purpose. And she said, well, just, you know, just ask, show me what I need to know. You know, that's a good one. Just say, show me what I need to know. Okay. So I drank the large cup, go back to my seat. They take the lanterns away. The last person drinks, goes back to their seat. It's dark in the maloka. It's quiet, no rain, just the sound of the jungle. And sitting there waiting, and the shaman starts singing. And they come on, and it's nice, and the ayahuasca kicks in, and it's good, and it feels good, and I get the cool psychedelic visions, like like all, you know, the cool little dance happens, and it's like, all right, like, this is going to be a good night, like, this is cool, you know? And then just, like, something happened, like... The whole time I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, show me what I need to know. You know, in my, in my head, I'm, I'm sitting in that kind of meditative lotus position and I'm up and, you know, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm alert because we, we were told that this ceremony is kind of like the, the last ceremony to, to really seal everything that's happened. Like they're going to seal everything up. They're going to heat. This is the final one, the finale. So they were like, really be present and attentive for this ceremony because they're really, the shamans are, are going to work hard to really give you what you need to go back into society. So I was like, okay. So I sat up the whole, I sat up and I was sitting there in the lotus position. I was, I was repeating like a mantra in my head. Show me what I need to know. 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 Just like that. Over and over and over. And I was really trying to concentrate. And I was really trying to sit up and, and really just give respect to the shamans because they have put in such hard work. And I wanted to really show them, like, I appreciate them and I respect them and I honor their tradition and I, and I wanted to show them that, that love and that appreciation and that respect. And then just, you know, the shamans start singing and they start walking around and they start going up to people individually and singing to them. You know, after they sing as a group, they go up to people individually. And... I just really was not prepared for what was about to happen. And I, I, this is going to sound crazier than I think anything I've ever said, but I just became everything all at once that ever was and ever will be. And I didn't really know it at the time. I mean, I'm going to talk about this, you know, both in present tense and, and past, but I just lost total control of my body. I lost total control of my vocal cords and my mouth. And I was like convulsing. And I just felt the need and the urge. My body said, stand up. And I was standing and I was just shaking like a, like, um, like with my hands, like raised in the air. Like, 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 
like some kind of like crazy Jedi sorcerer or something like that. Like I had my hands up, you know, both hands up in front of me, like a, kind of like I'm flexing like a, my biceps, you know, in front of me, and 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 I'm I'm shaking. My whole upper torso and my head is shaking, 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 wildly shaking. And then these words just start start shooting out of my mouth. <laughs> and one of the facilitators later on told me, they're like, well, I think Mike's karate coyote now. You know, they, it sounded like... It was funny. I mean, it was like, I, where the fuck did this come from? Like, I, I had no idea. So this, this whole Ceremony 5 experience was, there was, no, it was not, like, I had a few visions, but it was more about, like, I just was this thing. Like, I was not myself. I felt like something else. I felt like I was a star or, like, an energy. I felt like an energy. And... My eyes were open. I didn't close my eyes in the entire ceremony. And I could, like, see. And the, the, the maloka is pitch black, dark. You can't see. For some reason, I can see. Everything is glowing. People are glowing. There's, I see people's energies, and they're glowing. And I see the shamans glowing. And I see ener- I myself. I'm, I'm not myself. I just see, like, a, like, I'm a, I, I, like, an energy ball. And I'm shooting like rainbow colored energies like out of my hands like coming out of my fingertips and my hands and it's just going everywhere wildly across the room just wild and it's i'm telling you like the the feeling was beyond euphoric it was unfathomable i i can't even describe it in words i felt like i'd taken seven million ecstasy tablets and seven million hits of lsd and i just i i I was you know afterwards when when i talked about this i mean apparently this is what achieving enlightenment and buddha consciousness and you know christ consciousness is is like (laughs) i mean this was just wild man i was like fucking what like what like, what is this? This is nuts. And I was making these noises with my mouth, and it was like, you know, later on someone said, uh, they were like, yeah, I, I felt like there was another shaman in the room. Like I heard another Icaros being sung. And I was like, whoa, maybe. Like the whole, all the other ceremonies, I was this blue coyote, and I was growling. I would make, <sighs> Every ceremony, I would make the growling noises and really like that whole show me how to dance thing started to connect. I was like, I, I felt like a, like a child that was beginning to learn how to walk for the first time or talk for the first time. And I just, the whole night was just the same thing. And then I had these, these visions of myself working like as a shaman like in the temple. And I don't know if they were premonitions or if it was a vision of what was happening currently at that moment. But I remember one of the maestros came up to me and put his hand uh, on my shoulder. And I was usually when the maestros and the maestros come to you, you're sitting down and they sit with you or, you know, maybe they'll stand, but you're sitting or you're laying down or whatever. 
I was standing toe to toe, face to face, with what I later, you know, which with the shaman that I kind of most identified with, who who I thought was very powerful, had a very powerful ikaros, really connected with, and he, like saw that I was just radiating this energy and that I was just became this other thing. And, and I was saying these words that just, I had no idea what they were and they didn't make any sense to me, but they were just coming out of my mouth and I had no control over it. And my body is just, just, just shaking and convulsing and just shooting just energy all over the place. And I, my eyes are open and I'm just looking at every, I'm looking at the entire room and it felt like that scene in the matrix at the end when, and Neo gets shot, but then he comes back up and he, he sees the whole grid of the matrix. Like that's what my vision was like, but not with the code. It was just illuminated. Everything was glowing. Everything had like a, a vibrating aura to it. Everything was like solid. Everything looked solid, but also separate and vibrating at the same time and then unified. It's very hard to explain. But he was standing toe to toe with me and he put his hand on my shoulder and I put my hand on his shoulder and it just it just happened it just felt right and he started singing and i felt like i was giving him this energy that i had this like uncontrollable powerful energy that was just shooting out of me that was just euphoric and he was able to like sing his ikaros even stronger and it was like whoa like this is fucking nuts like what is happening right now it's just Bells and whistles are ringing in my head and there's buzzing everywhere and there's just bright colors and this pitch black darkness and this euphoric feeling and this rainbow shots of energy and it was unexplainable. It was just unexplainable. And, uh, and then when he was done singing to me, he, uh, he, said, he hugged me and said, uh, mi hermano, mi hermano, my brother, my brother. And I said, same thing, mi hermano, my brother. And then he went on to the next person. And then uh, I, I, I was uh, like, I was more under control when the shaman would be in front of me singing to me. Like I, I was able to kind of, I guess, channel my energy more because when they left, it was like a, it was like a dam had been broken open and there was just, I mean, you know, in ceremony two, I dealt with uncontrollable rage. And I talked about the rage and the anger that I experienced as a teenager. This was the same kind of experience, but positive. It was like an unbelievable, unstoppable force of positive radiating energy. It was like, even right now, I'm just, I'm stuttering around because I can't even, can think about like even trying to describe it in a way that you guys would understand it was just beyond understanding and so i'm wildly flailing about and i'm convulsing and i'm shooting all this energy out and i'm saying sha sa ka ya su wa sha su ka sha ya su su sha ka sa sa shu ka ya sa shu and i'm like what like you know it was just and then I had a, a moment where I go, whoa, I think I have to go to the bathroom. You know, it, it, I came back to the body and I was like, oh, the body needs dealing with like th that. This was the first time in, I don't know, maybe two hours into the ceremony, two and a half hours or three into the ceremony. This was the first time that I was like, oh boy, I got to deal with this body 
the whole other the rest of the time I had no concept of a body of uh, skin or hair or anything I was just energy so I kind of shot back down into the body and I was like, all right, I got to go outside and go to the bathroom. And I just walked straight to the door because I'm able to see like vibrating light in this black darkness. You know, usually you have to shine a flashlight and the guy comes and helps you. But I just walked right to it and just walked right down the stairs. The guy watching the door to the bathrooms must have been a little freaked out. I was in there growling and like a, like a like a possessed like demon or something and at the, by this point I had my shirt off and I'm like wearing a bandana on my head and I just feel like a real crazy fucking person and uh, so then I come out and Dr. Tanya Mate is standing there and she says hey Mike um, you know you're dealing with a lot of, of stuff right now a lot of energy you know a lot of power See if you can, you know, maybe channel it in the room and just, you know, kind of, you know, she was trying to kind of like help me and guide me. And, and she was basically like, look, you're going through a very profound experience right now. Um, and, you know, I want to help you kind of channel it and guide it and, and really ground it, you know. So she had said these things to me and I had kind of, I just, you know, the whole time I was this other thing. And now I was finally me again. I said, she said, do you think you can do that? I said, okay. And for some reason, I don't know, I felt like maybe compelled or whatever. I just went over to the sink and I just put the water on and just put my hands into the running water and just ran them there for like a minute or two. And I felt like to, like it made sense afterwards. I was like, I'm like channeling the power of the water. Like I'm channeling like the, the calm tranquility of the water. And I felt like the energy of the water like going into my hands and going all throughout my body. And then I dunked my head into the sink and dunked my head into the water and kind of splashed it all over my, myself. And I go, okay. And I think she said something like, uh, you know, big test, you know? And I, I remember thinking like big test, like, oh fuck. I didn't, I, I didn't sign up for this, you know? So then I go back in the room and she's like, I'll sit with you, you know, and we can kind of work through this and, you know, we'll smoke mopachos together. I loved smoking the mopachos. It was very calming and peaceful. And so we sat there and we were smoking the mopachos and, and, uh, I think, um, you know, she was like, okay, you know, you seem good or I, I forget what exactly what happened, but this, the, 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 the star, the energy, the white light just radiated out of me again. And the, the words were coming back, the sa, shu, sa, ka. And then I had these visions or premonitions. I don't know what they were of me. I was like, wow, there's like, there's three uh, maestros here and there's two maestros. Maybe I could be like the third male shaman. Then it would be even, it would be six shamans and I can apprentice and train and all these visions of like me being like an energetic spiritual healer and a shaman and ayahuasca like were coming through. They were coming through me and that's just what it was. I didn't ask for this and I didn't want this. And a part of me was upset. I started, I actually started to weep because I was like, ah, this is horrible. Like I'm going to have to leave my life. I'm going to have to leave my girlfriend. I'm going to have to leave my, my, my job in the city. I'm going to have to leave my podcast. I'm going to have to leave everything and I'm going to have to live in the jungle and, and, and drink, you know, tobacco juice until I throw up and learn about these plants. I, I didn't want this. This was not part of why I came down here. I just wanted to be healed and go back to my life, you know? 
But this was like undeniable. It was like, no, you're a shaman. And then I remember like back at the first ceremony, I was, I was like, wait, wait a second. Like one of the first, the first, I was the first one to drink. I was the first one to share in the group. So many people told me that that was such a help for them. And I was like, okay, you know, maybe I am like a healer in a, in a way, but in what capacity, you know, like, and so I remember the, in the first ceremony, the, the first shaman to come over to me was the first one that greeted me. And I remember if you guys remember, I think I talked about this, like she was singing that Ikaros to me and it sounded like if you want to be a shaman, if you want, if you want to be a shaman, I will teach you, I will teach you want to be a shaman. Like that's the message that I got from that. It sounded like that. It was like, if you want to be a shaman, I'll teach you. And like, that was the kind of message I got from her. So this all started to kind of click in my head and I didn't really know, like I didn't know to like trust it or not. I was like, is this my brain interpreting this in a way that I want it to be? Or is this actually like objectively what's like happening? You know, is this, is this like a subjective experience? Am I biased in some kind of way? Like I, I didn't know what to make of it. But as Dr. Tanya Mate said, like I didn't need to make sense of it right there and then. So back into the ceremony, back with the convulsions, back with the energy, back with the euphoria, back with the shining star, back with the sha ya su ka ya sha su ha ya 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 whatever the fuck I was singing. <laughs> and uh, I remember then one of the facilitators, this other beautiful woman came over to me and she was like, hey, Mike, you know, because I had gotten to be at, I, I was trying to ground my, my power, but, or my energy or whatever, but it was just not being able to be grounded. It was shooting out all over the place, you know, flailing energy, white light, rainbow colored energy, waves of, of zigzag kind of electrical sh impulses all throughout the room, vibrating, everything glowing and vibrating in this kaleidoscope kind of vibrational glow, you know, this matrix like vision. And, um, and she goes, hey, Mike, how you doing? And, and immediately she goes, okay, that's a stupid question. And I was like, and then I laughed and she laughed. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. And then I was, it was like when people came over to talk to me, I was like fully aware. But I was still like totally embodied in the experience. Like, you know, like, like Neo in the Matrix. I mean, that's the best kind of example I can go. Like I was fully in it now. Like it, there was no separation. It wasn't like... There was no gap between me and the ayahuasca. I had become the ayahuasca. I was the ayahuasca. Like it, I was seeing ayahuasca vision. I was talking ayahuasca language. It was nuts. Absolutely just mind-blowing. And, uh, yeah, and it went on like that for the rest of the night. And, um... You know, I think she she said, okay, the next shaman is, that's coming over, the next male shaman, he's going to come over. He's going to help you. And he came over and he kind of guided me through this stuff. And it was all about kind of grounding the energy, channeling it. It's very hard to describe because it, it's, it's this non-physical world. It's this world that we're not able to see, this energetic spiritual world. It's crazy to, to, to think about and to talk about, but it's that's what was happening. So he kind of came over, he helped me and... The rest of the night went on like that, and after the ceremony ended, every night they would say, they would make an announcement, okay, the ceremony has concluded, you know, 
Sometimes people passed out and they slept in the maloka. Sometimes people woke up and they walked back to their tambos. This night, uh, Dr. Tanya Mate uh, said to me, uh, do you want to go you know, to the dining hall and kind of talk about this? Because I, I really wanted to talk about this. I mean, most ceremony nights I went back to my tambo and I just wrote my journal and drew pictures. But I was like, Man, I need to fucking talk about this because what the fuck happened? And I told her, I explained to her, and she gave me great advice. And, you know, you don't need to know right now exactly what it is. And, you know, I remember just the, the things that I remember saying, you know, you can't unsee what you saw. And, you know, that's just, that'll be with you forever. And, you know, you don't have to make sense of it now. And, you know, she shared her experiences. And I told her exactly what I was experiencing and what I was thinking and what I felt and all this stuff. And, and that was it. And then, you know... I went back to my tambo, smoked a mupacho. On my way back to my tambo, I remember looking at the stars because they were out again and they were really bright. And I went, yeah, that's what that's all about. That's what, that's what we are. That's what this is all about. I want to be back there. I want to be hanging out with those guys. And so I went back to my tambo and I drew this picture and I'll post it. I'll, I'll, I'll share it. It's crazy. It's just like this energy, crazy, colorful picture. And then I, some, I, I'm still seeing in this. I'm still like fully embodied in the ayahuasca, and I'm still seeing in this like neo matrix vision. And you know, it's crazy, and everything's glowing and luminous, and you know. And then, um, you know, the next morning, wake up, and it's like, you know, the last like full day there, and. You know, we had like they they had like a market open, and we went to the market, and we I bought a Shipibo pattern thing, and it was great. And then, great day. I was like kind of depressed because I was like, "What the fuck happened last night? And how am I gonna deal with this?" You know, like people were worried about opening up a can of worms. I mean, this fucking opened up a whole new can of worms for me. I didn't know how to process it, but here I am now, processing it, talking to you guys, and maybe this is what I'm supposed to do maybe i'm supposed to do this i don't know all i know is that i really find a lot of joy in helping people and trying to make the world a better place and many people that i was with in the in the group there pretty much everybody at the temple of the way of light told me you know they couldn't imagine the you know it it sounds weird to kind of brag about yourself but it's true i mean they said it they you know they said they couldn't imagine the the experience without me they said that they they might not have been able to get through their challenging experience if i wasn't there i mean people said they saw they had visions of me i came to them in ceremony and helped them held their hand and guided them through their experience the girl next to me said that she was scared at first when she heard me making these noises and everything and then she looked over and she didn't see me she just saw this ball of white light and energy and you know, people said that there was another Ikaros present in the room and all this stuff. And it's just overwhelming, you know, oh, absolutely overwhelming. And so we had a wonderful last day. We talked, we shared, we had lunch, we did all the things that we did in the normal days, uh, except for the flower bath. We didn't do a flower bath. And then the last day was just breakfast. We had a special breakfast. It was very nice, pancakes and... And then we packed all our gear and we hiked back to the boats, got on the boats, and then we went back to Iquitos, back to civilization, after 10 days in the jungle. 
Back to noisy, boisterous, loud, industrial <laughs> Iquitos. Back with a whole new can of worms. A good can of worms. I'm glad and I'm grateful for the experience. And so, you know, one more day in Iquitos and we all went out and we all had dinner and we all hugged and we all shared and we all laughed and cried and we all shared, you know, how much of every person meant to us and what an experience it was and all this stuff. And it was just such a great group of people. And, and then that was it. It was time to go back home, get on that flight and come back to New York. And that's what I did. And now I'm here. So that concludes the, the journey. I hope you guys have all enjoyed it. We've been, it's been four weeks, four separate episodes of my journey into the Amazon jungle, drinking ayahuasca. Uh, absolutely unbelievable adventure. I'll never forget it. It was such a profound impact in my life and it changed my life and it gave me a direction and it gave me a focus and a and, and purpose and meaning and and maybe I'll go back and work with the medicine in the jungle or maybe I'll do something here. I don't know. But I, I sure as hell really love what happened. And I hope you guys have enjoyed this. I've enjoyed telling this story. And hopefully there'll be more stories like this. You know, in the next episodes to come, we'll we'll have guests on and we'll get back to into the regular format talking about things. But Please message me. Let me know what you want to talk about. Ask me questions. Open communication. I really appreciate all the support. I really am just blown away, absolutely blown away by the reviews and the, and the, and the messages that have come through. And just, I mean, it really makes my day. I, I really have to say I'm really just like, you know, I, I couldn't do it without you people. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for showing your support. And, um, you know, this is like our thing. You know, this is my thing because I'm, you know, the one that's doing it and everything. But this is our thing. You know, if you're, if you're connecting with this, if you're relating with this, if you're inspired by this, whatever, you know, talk to me. You know, let's, it's an open, open communication, a group. You know, we're all in this together and I want to know what you guys want to talk about and I want to know your opinions and your thoughts and, and everything, you know, it's, it's group sharing, baby. That's how we're doing it. So if you like the show, if you, if you get value from the show, please like it, share it, subscribe, leave a rating and a review if you want, you know, you don't have to do too much. Just show your support, show your love. And I really, really appreciate it. And thank you so much for letting me tell this story and being patient and listening to all this crazy amount of detail. And I really hope to continue doing this and uh you know we'll 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 definitely explore more about ayahuasca we'll definitely refer back to the journey and talk about more parts of it in coming episodes but um this concludes the storytelling segment of the four-part series of the ayahuasca journey thank you so much peace